episode number 220 with Joe LaPinta. Welcome to the Heads Up Poker Podcast. This is Steve Barton. Hey, Steve. It's Mike. Mikey, Mikey. And uh, this week we have a returning guest, Joe LaPinta. Uh, you guys remember Joe, he uh, won a circuit ring, um, was a uh, long cash game grinder. And uh, I'm kind of interested about this one, Mikey, because now he's got a full-time job. Yeah. I don't really know the details too much. Um, I asked his company, I looked it up, and then I quickly started reading about some of the stuff they're doing, and I got frustrated and closed my computer because it's, um, <laughs> it's real smart guy stuff. So I don't know if this, I'm guessing this is, uh, he's taken a permanent step away from poker. Um, this is a full-time job. I don't know if it's like a temporary gig or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Cool. This will be interesting. But, uh, oh, I, uh, I think you might have rubbed off on me a little bit. I, uh, I haven't had a piece of meat in, I think this is day three. I saw that. I saw the, yeah. Yeah, I put 36 hours in the tweet, but I realized after I said that, that it's actually been plus 24. So, anyways, I started this three days ago. Apparently, I can't do math. Uh, um, but, <laughs> what what yeah. inspired this? Just talking to me, or was it somebody else you... Uh... You know, it... Um, have you seen the video on Netflix called The Game Changers? Uh, no, I think I heard it. Isn't Schwarzenegger in it? And yeah. Yeah, um, I want to see that. It, it, it's, it's about people who switch to a plant-only diet, right? Yeah, yeah. It, uh, that, I think, was the tipping point. I guess I've kind of always been going that. I mean, like, I started – you know, what, it was, what was tough for me was I figured – I had this game figured out, you know what I mean? As far as like diet and nutrition and uh, that documentary really made me question it. Um, especially now that I'm trying to run a marathon, I've got a half marathon here in a few weeks. Uh, any little edge I can get if simply eating nothing but vegetables uh, immediately before the race will help me do better, which I'm already testing and I am running better when I'm only having like a vegetable fruit smoothie before I run instead of my usual eggs and spinach. Right. Uh, what if I just did this all the time? Yeah, exactly. Um, again, I'm more interested, of course, in not getting cancer, which is one of That's the things. That's another that, huge one. And they talk about it in there too. Yeah. I, I have no quote, air quotes here. Uh, physical performance anymore. You know, <laughs> It, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, like I said, I don't know enough about it. Just like with poker, Steve. The more we talk about poker, the more I realize I don't know what I'm talking about. I think it's the same thing with. The, I can just direct people to say that I've listened to people who sound very convincing on the subject. Yeah, um, you know, I've, I, the cancer thing for me too. It's so common among firemen. Uh, that's one of the leading causes of the way we die, and I think it's just the shit we're exposed, exposed to. But. I don't know if you just Google like top 10 things that cause cancer. Uh, I think meats right up there with like sugar and, <laughs> you know, smoking right. it. Um, and dairy is supposedly like really, dairy really is apparently horrible for you. Yeah. It, I went, uh, like I said, I made it about three months with, with none of that. I think I had like two in and out burgers over three months where I had no sugar, no dairy, no meat. 
Yeah. And, and so how much was, did you lose? That was, uh, that was like 40 pounds. I mean, a lot of that was just eating less. I mean, technically you could eat, you could have just one massive meal a day with burger and sugar. You probably would still lose, but, um, yeah, yeah the, the issue long-term is just uh, physical. And I was looking what you cook, Steve. Here's the, the advantage you have. Okay. You know how to cook. I do. You would be very committed, I'm sure. You probably already are to making sure you're not sacrificing anything in the, uh, the culinary pleasure department there. Yeah, the, the smoothies in the morning are uh, probably a four out of 10. Uh, and I could make them a lot better by adding sugar. I've actually been testing my uh, uh, blood glucose after like my egg breakfast meal. And then now after these smoothies ones, and it's about the same as far as like, you know, I'll wake up, my blood sugar's 85. I do the smoothie and it's in the 90s. And that's it. I thought the fruit that I was putting in the smoothies was going to spike it a lot more. So I don't really think that the fruit's that bad for you as far as like the sugars in it making you fat. I think like a yam would probably be better, but you know, it does have to taste like something for me to be able to swallow that. Jesus. But the, uh, when I uh, saute and, you know, do like stir fry veggies and stuff, it's pretty good. The spices I use and everything. Sure. I, I did something I've never done before today, but uh, I, after playing cards today, I, I it's, normally I treat myself to a burger or something at the uh, in my local card room, you know. Uh, this time I did the uh, pho with tofu, <laughs> which is something I never would have done right. before. That doesn't excite me. If they had a veggie burger, that's a different thing. But tofu is, uh, you know, the, I got the one guy who's a poker player. He's uh, he's probably like seventy years old. I mean, him and his wife. He's very evangelical about this. How much better he feels. How much better his health is. And yeah, he's even going to he's going to Sacramento for five days. And they specifically, rather than staying in a hotel, got a little B and B or whatever Airbnb with like a kitchen, so they could make sure they're cooking their own meals. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, so it's kind of. Uh, I try to do that when I travel too. If if I know or we know that we're going to be in a place for you know two or more days, I usually get like a little apartment, and then you just go to the grocery store. You can make your own food. You know, it's so much cheaper and it's a lot more fun, right? You know, than just sack it up in a hotel. You said you played cards today. I did. Yeah, I went in, uh, played a tournament. Uh, folded every single hand for about an hour and 20 minutes and then uh, saw King Four of Hearts. <laughs> that was the best hand I'd seen all, all tournament. Uh, I had about six and a half, seven big blinds. Shoved it uh, effectively from the button because there was three OMCs to my left and the guy on the button uh, basically told me he was folding. <laughs> and, uh, so I was like, okay, I got to get through the blinds here. So I uh, shove it and then... Uh, the small blind wakes up with the uh, aces. So that was juicy. Uh, well played, I, Steve. Well, uh, played. thank you. Yes. <laughs> Still in performance. Why don't you like listen to uh, so you don't have time to study. You can at least listen to a couple poker podcasts and Oh, wait a second. Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, Never mind. Yeah. So that was, that was the uh, tournament GG. Then I went and played a little cash. Um, that was fun. I got, uh, I got a guy, um, I had jacks and he had 10. So that paid me off. So that was uh, okay. Made the session nice. I had an interesting little experience at the casino today too. I um, I showed up early and usually like at least the two threes running after yeah. I dropped my son off. Yeah. Um, I'm getting ready to go home for my high school thirtieth reunion next week. By the way, so oh cool. The way I between the the flight and the time I'm not work like it's like a fifteen. I'm like committed to trying to make up fifteen hundred dollars to pay for this in my mind. Anyways, so playing even more than I do, which is 
always a fucking shitload. But anyways, mm-hmm. I go there and um, only the one two's running with a sixty dollar cap. Oh. So I decided, you know what? Let's let's just have fun and shove some chips in here. So I, I just shoved blind <laughs> for about thirty or forty minutes. And ended up. And here's the funny thing, though, Steve. I don't know. I, I can applaud my own generosity. I do like to see other people having fun. Okay. The pleasure and joy of these people <laughs> playing this game was so intense I couldn't stop. So I, I just kept going. Um, and uh, you know, I, of course, if there's like once I did run it up to two hundred dollars just shoving blind. Yeah. Actually, I got actually got cooler once. Uh, Queens to Aces, which is pretty. Funny. <laughs> But it, it was so fun seeing them all excited. And, like, there's only one other table in the casino going, a 4-8 uh, limit Omaha game. And, like, some guy's like, hey, Joe, we got to come over and check this out. And a couple of people are coming over. We, we got, like, a rail going at 730 <laughs> in the morning. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> so I, I brought some pleasure to some other people here. But then um, and then I, I played a little big O and uh, broke even, basically. So Okay. Uh, what's, the, what's the limit on big O? Uh, 500 is the max. Um, actually I was thinking about that. Is it pot limit? Yeah. Okay. Split pot game, but you get five cards. That's why it's the big O. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you got it. It's just like Omaha. You got to play three on the board and two in your hand. Yes. Okay. So it is, uh, you know, that, I don't know. I, that might be, might, might be interesting. I bought a book from a guy about writing about that, and I actually contacted him personally about possibly getting some coaching. We maybe he's a red chip poker coach, you know the uh, the site that Andrew. Oh, cool. Knows, so, so maybe we should try to get him on. Yeah, I'd be curious about that game. They have it at my uh, uh, casino. Um, I mean, they I'm, always say in in PLL you really need the nuts. Now, when when it's big O and you got five cards, you really, really, really need the nuts. Yeah, you know? yeah. Okay. I mean. Um, yeah, you can you can flop the nuts straight in like a multi-way pot and have like ten percent equity. Wow! It, I mean, it sounds kind of counterintuitive, but even if you had like aces with I don't know nine ten deuce and six six seven eight is the flop. Let's say yeah. two spades. You don't you don't have a spade even blocker, and two other people want the pot. Well, you're drawing dead for the for the low end of it. Um, well, not if you had aces. Let's say you had kings or something. Um, but if you, that's 50% of the pot, let's just say you didn't have, and between the other two, you know, one of them has a set, one of them has a flush draw, one of them has both of them, at least one of them has draws to a better straight. Yeah. Probably like a nine or a 10. One of them would have eight, 10, eight Jack or, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's kind of going through some of the equity. You'll be surprised how little equity you have in certain spots. And, um, I did, I flopped the wheel. Okay. And I, I already knew I was in trouble in one yeah. hand today where I got court. You know, that tells you kind of how it was. Like somebody else I knew had, I had the wheel and I knew somebody had a flush draw and someone had a better. So um, I don't remember the details of the hand enough to go over it, but um, yeah, it was kind of an, kind of a, it's a, it's an interesting, fun game. And yeah. I've played it enough I where I can. the players that play the game and if their big O uh, skills or anything like their hold'em skills, it's a very good game to get into. I should probably learn that game. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there's certainly pros in this game. You can make a living playing this game. Yeah, um, so you have to, but like today I can kind of know which ones are the good ones now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and kind of avoid, especially if I start the game when I'm there at, you know, 10 or 11 in the morning, I can kind of sniff out, which is, uh, but uh, yeah. Which one's the best? 
I think I'll stick to, but we still have the same issue I've talked about with just too many damn pros at Oceans. And uh, I'm going to be playing elsewhere a fair amount of the time. And then also, but playing Big O there would not be a, uh, be a good option. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what kind of uh, hourly I would have there. Well, you got to um, log it and find out. Yeah. And well, I mean, I keep track. I just, you know, my first hundred hours we're, we're losing. Um, I mean, I, I guess I just say now that I'm learning the game a little bit. I can. Think. I, I know somebody has like an eighty bucks an hour. The big O. Yeah, with a five hundred dollar cap. So I. That, oh, that's, that's impressive. Okay. I, I, I did bug somebody for that number, and they 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 gave it to me. I'm always curious what people make, and it's usually not information people give out. But you know, I'm such a needy, uh, you know, a needy, likable guy. People want to help me out, Steve. You know how that is. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you must be. You must be texting Joe here. You're. You're. You're so dull, bored with me here. You're trying to terminate this conversation, Steve. I understand that. Now you know how I feel, Barton. Do you see? Uh, that's exactly what I was doing. I was giving Joe like we're about to call you. Oh, you know me too damn well, Mikey. You know me too damn well. But, um, yeah, let's see. Um, vegan diet. Yeah, I guess, uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with this or, uh, uh, be, uh, be done with it or whatever, but the part that, um, the hunting part, you know, like I, I literally like go out and get my own deer and bring it back. And that's what I eat, uh, you know, for the year. And this kind of even goes against that. They even did uh, testing on, um, um you know between organic and regular and it's just it as according to that uh, film it, it seems like it's all uh, um it's all bad yeah pretty much i mean you have to the the book um i mean there's a lot of the plant only thing is really taking it off it's not just a little subculture here there's like the uh burger king has a has a has a meat has a uh, plant only burger now yeah I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of everywhere, but the book uh, that, that I've read and I think I suggested to you um, how not to die or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, that has, yeah, it seemed really compelling and well-studied and everything like, like I said. Yeah. yeah. That eating off the, the fruits and the nuts and the berries, um, the veggies, uh, the, the plants is, uh, is the way to go. But, you know, burgers taste good, but I think at least last time, I don't know why I got back at it after like, a few weeks, the, uh, the veggie burger tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I see, I, I really need to learn how to cook, I think, but even at the casino, I could have, you know, even just like the brown rice and the sliced bananas and the grilled. Yeah. Uh, bell peppers was, you know, it was a good meal. Yeah. 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 I think what I need to do is I need to look at meat as like a cheat meal, you know? Yeah. And once a week I have a cheat day and I go and I eat whatever the hell I want. And I think if I can limit that day to the meat day, um, six out of seven is pretty fucking good. <laughs> you know? And if you're uh, still feeling the need to kill things, Steve, you can just take the AK 47 out to the garden and really teach the cauliflower who's boss. You, know? <laughs> you don't have to, you don't have to kill a damn deer, you know, make, make the broccoli dance. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, it's a challenge. I don't know how to cook. I really don't even like vegetables. I like the bell peppers. Yeah. I can have like the spinach in the smoothies was pretty good. 
Yeah, I do a lot of spinach in the smoothie. I, I found that uh, spinach consumed two to three hours prior to a workout drastically improves your performance. It's like 20%. Uh, so I do the smoothie with the spinach every every time before. They really broccoli. They really give great respect as like the five star vegetable ever. And like okay. I know, do throw broccoli, in but the, I hate broccoli, the, so I don't know what. Uh, yeah, I, I throw out the smoothies, uh, and that drives the taste from like a seven to a four. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I figure, uh, fuck it, if it makes me run fast. Sweet, you know. yeah, some natural, <laughs> natural mango juice in there. There's, there's nothing can, nothing can, it can't, you can't kill broccoli. You just, yeah, it's it's just once it's infused, it's just. I've tried to dump a it gallon of drops three points, no matter what you got in the broccoli. In, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, anyhow, uh, should we give uh, should we give Joey a call? Sure. Okay, we'll take a quick break and uh, be back with Joe Pinto. Joe Lapinta, thanks for coming back on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Right on, right on. Well, you've uh, uh, you've joined the. Uh, uh, the ranks of the working class now. Yeah, yeah, uh, I'm um, part of the real world now, uh, with a real job. Nice, nice, and it's something to do with the uh, satellites. Or uh, Mike looked it up and just got frustrated and confused. So, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, it's a company called uh, SES. And, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to the news, but um, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the FCC and 5G and all sorts of stuff like that. So what I'm working on right now is basically uh, a transition plan for moving stuff on our satellites so we can make room for, for 5G, basically. So the satellites now are doing 4G or whatever? I'm just going by what I see on my phone. I don't know what any of this means. Uh, satellites now are actually doing, uh, they're kind of, uh, they're mostly for like TV broadcasts, radio broadcasts, um, some data. Um, stuff like that, a lot of video and uh, and some data. But uh, basically, there's like there's like a, a section of uh, satellite spectrum called uh, C band, okay, which is uh, like 500 megahertz. Uh, and they're they're basically talking about uh, taking some of that and and kind of uh, putting it aside for 5G. So okay. right now we're kind of playing the waiting game, waiting for the FCC to make a decision on how much uh, of the spectrum that they want to put aside. Okay. But um, we're working on kind of getting a plan ready and in place for when, whenever they do make that decision. Can you come up with an al analogy for Steve where it's like, how, how is this similar to like using a Pez dispenser? <laughs> because yeah, this, this is... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so Pez dispenser, huh? No. <laughs> I'm looking at Joe's LinkedIn profile here, Steve, and you know what's interesting? What's that? This is a goddamn handsome man here. <laughs> no, it is funny looker, though. Huh? If you if you said grinder, I'm like, oh, look at this lazy bastard with a beard. Yeah. <laughs> Probably sleep. Now I'm like, oh well, he's uh, yes. This is a this is a technology man here for sure. That's the look. <laughs> How did you even get involved in that? I mean, how do you go from poker to that? Like, do you have any kind of background in this? Or? Interesting. Uh, I was no, absolutely back no background. So I, I basically, this is probably like two years ago now that I've, I kind of got just really burnt out from playing poker. 
Um, I loved to like, kind of like learn about strategy, you know, talk about it with friends, uh, run simulations, stuff like that. But the actual sitting down and grinding, I just like could not take anymore. Okay. Okay. Um, So I did, I did a fair amount of soul searching and I, I was looking at all sorts of things from like, uh, finance to consulting. Um, and I just kind of stumbled up uh, across this job. Um, they were looking for a data analyst and, uh, they had some things about, uh, SQL and, uh, relational databases. And one of the things that, you know, if you're using poker tracker or I, I guess probably any, uh, you know, poker tracking software, you're using a, a SQL database. And that's kind of how all of that data that you collect is, is, is stored. Uh, so I had a, a little bit of a background, but not, not too much. No, but uh, you already understand the theory and the concepts. Yeah. You just yeah, got to learn I, a new software, right? Yeah. And I, I actually had taken a class on SQL like uh, a few months before I stumbled across this job. So I had a, I had a little bit of a background, but not, not too much. Okay. Huh. Right on. And now you're among, uh, do you get uh, uh, dental insurance and, and, and uh, health insurance and all this stuff? Uh, not yet. Currently I'm, I'm uh, a consultant and um, hopefully once the, I, I'm, I've been assured a few times that once uh, the FCC gives a ruling, if it's favorable for our company, then I will likely uh, be brought on full time. Nice. Um, but for now, I mean, the job is, is good. I get to do a lot of different things and uh, get a lot of good experience. That's cool. So, yeah. do, you do, do you work from home or do you go into the company? Or? Um, I, I get to do a mix of both. I, I, you know, I work with basically, I have my, my boss who whenever she's not in the office, I can pretty much work from home. Okay. Um, so it's, it's usually like three or four days in the office, one or two days at home. Okay. Okay, cool. And you like it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love it. Uh, it's very interesting. There's like so much to, to consider, so much going on. And um, it's, it's definitely, uh, I, I feel like I've learned so much just about like satellites and, uh, and how that world kind of operates. Just what, like, uh, what, what have you learned about satellites? It's, it's fascinating to me. I'm interested in uh, the stars and space and planets and all that stuff. And, and there is just this entire network of all these little satellites. Going Don't try to sound and- smart, Steve. Let's just me and you shut up and hopefully Joe fills the, fills the dead air. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how deep you want me to get into it. it it'll probably get really, really boring for this show, but uh I mean, you know, I just kind of like, I had no idea really like how, how any of this worked or kind of, you know, I, I didn't even realize that that's where our, our TV, uh, you know, came from in most cases. Um, really? Or, or a lot of the radio that we listen to where it comes from and, and just kind of getting an idea of like, you know, what it takes to send signals, uh, you know, from the ground to the satellites and then how to pick them up from the satellites and uh, how they're stored and, and all sorts of stuff. It's, it's fascinating. So does your company have its own satellites and other companies have their own satellites and there's just hundreds of these things spinning around the earth or? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. I I work for 
so I work for one of the bigger ones in the, for the U.S. Um, us and Intelsat are probably the two biggest, at least for in terms of C-band. Okay. Um, there's like a few other ones, but I mean, my company is actually uh, a European company, and I think uh, Intelsat as well. There's not. I don't think any of the C-band companies are are actually U.S. companies. One is Canadian, and I think the other three are European. Okay. Okay. Huh. So basically, you probably got the job through the. I'm guessing the licensing licensing classes in Excel, or I, I forget what you say, the mastering da- data analysis. That's that's probably not real easy stuff. So they figured anyone who gets can master this. We can bring uh, on board. <laughs> to to be honest, I think it was. Uh, it's kind of funny when I, you know, my boss kind of tells the story where she said. I saw your resume and to be completely honest, I only brought you in because I wanted to know what a poker player was like. <laughs> and so I don't think she had, I don't think she had the, the, you know, the highest of expectations when uh, she brought me in. But I think over time uh, she's kind of realized what I'm, what I'm capable of and how quickly I pick things up. Um, and so my role has kind of evolved over time as she, as she's gotten to know me. Putting together a resume, this is probably the first resume you uh, put together in 10 years. Did you uh, get any, get anybody to help you out with that or how'd you? Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a quite a few people helping me out. Uh, my brother has, has uh, done pretty well for himself and he's been in business. Uh, he, you know, does hiring for his company. So I, I ran it by him and uh, I had uh, my girlfriend's mother, um, helped me out a, a bunch writing my resume and uh, eventually got it to a place where it was uh, good enough, good enough to be <laughs> called in as uh, you know, for somebody who wanted to see what a poker player was like. <laughs> That's cool. That's all you needed. You got to look at his LinkedIn, Steve. It's impressive. He makes it sound not just like a, just a bastard wants to hang around in card rooms and make money. No, this was a, this was an intellectual pursuit for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm reading through your uh, your LinkedIn right now. It's um, <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. How does the lady like the new job? Is that more opportunity for to do things, travel, or now that you're not your own boss, it's it's worse for that respect? Um, I mean, for right now, there's not. Yeah, I mean, for right now, it's definitely uh, it's definitely been an adjustment. But I mean, we weren't doing a ton of traveling beforehand. Okay. Um. But I think she's definitely enjoying it. She she understands this a lot more than she understands poker. So for her, that's that's comforting. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 There wasn't there wasn't any pushing you in the direction like this is not a real profession poker player, you know? No, I don't None think of that so. Kind of stuff, I think, no. Yeah, she she just kind of was like, oh, okay, you do this and you make money. Okay, like it, it didn't. She didn't really understand uh, much of much of it, and she still doesn't really understand much of it and I don't think so um it was more like I you know I just want you to do what what's going to make you happy and right yeah for me it was just uh kind of wanting to like wanting to think about things the same way I thought about poker but just in a different setting yeah yeah that's cool so what do you miss about poker is there anything you miss about it now or is that you can still fire up the computer once a month and um yeah, I think I miss waking up at ten o'clock in the morning, um, okay. sleeping in. But um, no, I, I I don't really miss playing all that much. I think I miss 
uh, kind of talking to people about it. I miss um, just like the discussions around it. Yeah. Um, and just not not being in in poker, it kind of like makes that tough. Yeah. Do you do you do you ever find yourself just once a month going down there and spending a Saturday, or have you not played like? So I, I think the last time I played poker was in May. Okay. And I actually I actually started playing with the intention of of kind of uh, making it like a, like a bit of a side gig. Yeah. Uh, and then I ended up getting a little bit of a, I ended up getting a pretty substantial raise at work. So then I was kind of like, okay, well, I don't really need to do this anymore. Yeah. And once I didn't need to do it, it was kind of like, I, I didn't really want to do it as much as I, I thought I did. Okay, cool. Cool. So, cool. We'll see. I mean, now I'm actually in Pennsylvania now. So now with Pennsylvania getting online poker. I don't oh, know. you moved. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right on. What? About a month ago. For the job, I'm, I'm assuming, or no? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it was about an hour and fifteen minute commute for me from uh, where I was living in New Jersey, and I'm like just over the border in Pennsylvania now, and it's about thirty five, forty minutes. Okay, cool. You like the setting there? Is it more like uh, uh, were you, you Pennsylvania? <laughs> yeah, I mean, can't be that different. I'm, well, I'm picturing uh, my uh, dad's side of the family. They live near uh, Langhorn. Uh, oh, I, I am in Langhorn. Get the fuck out of here. Are you serious? I am dead serious. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm technically in, I'm technically, technically. Creek? The Chamonix Creek? Yeah, I'm, I'm technically in Levittown, but uh, when I put in my GPS, it, it comes up Langhorn. <laughs> Levittown, PA, yes. Oh, damn, that's funny. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful area, though, isn't it? Okay, so for yeah. uh, the uh, twenty five hundred people that have no idea what we're talking about, uh, it's, uh, it's this real cute uh, old um, uh, setting, you know, uh, like back in the uh, you know that town was probably back there two hundred fifty years ago, and uh, the roads make it look as such, you know, and it's kind of um, a lot of old. Uh, what are those trees? Are they oak or? Oh, I have no idea. Okay, anyways, a bunch of beautiful. Um, Oak trees. You get all the seasons. You get snow and uh, oh, so you probably got snow right now, huh? No, no, we didn't get any, but it got it got very cold. Okay, okay, you haven't had the snow yet. Yeah, just just some rain. Right on, right on. Cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid, uh, we'd go down to the uh, Nishamani Creek when we'd go there for Christmas, and we'd walk out on the uh, on the ice. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, nice. you know, memory lane. For those who like walking on ice and looking at trees, Steve, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds exciting. <laughs> Riveting, huh? <laughs> uh, I personally cool. prefer Atlantic City, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> right um, John, can I ask, well, I don't know how his, I'm just looking at his, uh, did, were you ever a losing poker player or right from the beginning you knew it was something you needed to study and you were like, just what, when, when you're talking about right now, how you don't, you didn't like the playing, but you still like the studying. Is that, were you kind of like that from the beginning? Um, I would say not really. I think I was probably a losing player in the beginning. And then I think my, I, I'm like, I'm very competitive. So I think my desire to just be better than people kind of drove me to, uh, to study. And I started like, you know, I started uh, back in the early 2000s, you know, going on uh, two plus two and like 
just reading what people were posting and, and what people were talking about and kind of started there. Hmm. What, um, how long did you do it professionally? Full time? Uh, I think I did it for about seven years. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Well, Steve, it only took me like 11 years to go from a losing player to someone who could make $45 an hour at two. <laughs> so, I mean, I wish I, I wish I was Joe's roommate. It would have been a, a faster uh, process. Let me tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what uh are, are you still uh coaching at all or have you uh, uh kind of stopped that as well no i i haven't really been doing that i i kind of i mean i think i'd be open to it but i i would feel a little bit guilty just not being in the game myself um and kind of you know i i guess from like a theoretical point of view it, it doesn't really change but mm-hmm. um I don't know. It just hasn't really been something that I've been. Just if you don't, if you don't need the money, he does give me a little free coaching. Joe is very generous. If I tw- tweet at him about a hand, he'll he'll let me know. Well, I was yeah. actually Mike and I were hoping we could get a little bit of free coaching here in the next uh, forty-five minutes or so, Joe. So I wouldn't sell yourself yeah, short. <laughs> Joe in ten years could have his own company, be worth like two hundred million dollars, and I'd still be like totally. Mike, I've worked a long day. God damn it. I'm very curious <laughs> to see where you, here? yeah, where you go in the next five years because I got a feeling you're going to attack this uh, um, new job just like you did uh, poker, and it's obvious that your focus is, uh, and it sounds like you got just the mind for it, like what you're describing about the software. Like, yeah, I mean, uh, I think you're going to be very good at this. Yeah, I I got very fortunate. I got a, a job with a fantastic boss who uh, is willing to give me chances to try different things and uh this job has evolved quite a bit since i started uh, only like uh 10 months ago yeah so uh yeah we'll see we'll Good. see what happens Good. you ever uh feel a little overwhelmed where you're like you know i'm this is this is harder than i thought it would be god damn uh, it i want to i want to cozy up under the under a blanket and play some two play some 200 cap games on online or <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's funny not really about the work itself but uh just like you know i especially like when i first started i was so not used to you know a typical day in a in a work environment in the corporate world it was such a shock for me so that was like probably the toughest part about it is just getting used to that getting used to just uh you know i don't know just waking up early and having to be a certain places at a certain time. That was do you have to, do you have to, you have to go out and buy a couple suits and ties or is this a casual work environment? Yeah. I mean, I did a little, a little bit of shopping beforehand. Yeah. It's pretty casual, but you know, you can't walk in in a Hawaiian shirt every single day. No, no, definitely <laughs> not. I, I've had to make some, some business trips to, uh, to kind of meet with other, other companies that are working on this project. So yeah, I've had to uh, be uh, dressed business appropriate. So, cool. Well, um, I've got a hand. I think you've got a couple, right, Mikey? Sure. Okay. Um, Whenever Steve says I got a hand, I got to take like three deep breaths. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it really it really is the prostate exam, but. Uh, <laughs> Oh, that was great. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I was at my local uh, card room today, Joe. 
<laughs> and okay. uh, I busted out of a tournament pretty quickly. And so I went over to the uh, two, three, uh, no limit. It's got a 300 uh, cap buy-in. Um, so you start with a hundred bigs. Um, I had uh, jacks hold up against tens. Uh, so I'm up to five. Uh, or maybe it was like 520, um, about around 500. Um, UTG with a stack of about 180, he opens to 25, um, which is a little bit bigger than most people are raising in this game. Um, most of the time when they open, it's somewhere between like 10 to 20. Uh, so this is just a tiny bit more than that. Um, People are opening at 20, a 2 3. And that's, that's a real big opening, I think, especially, yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyhow. It's just the way so, it is. Okay. Just the way it is, yeah. That's the way this table's playing. Um, the guy to my right, uh, OMC, Old Man Coffee, um, he's, uh, he re raises and he makes it 50. Um, I think for him to do that, his range is probably. I don't even know if it's ace-queen because I saw him uh, with ace-queen offsuit and he didn't three-bet it um, twice before. Uh, I saw him do that two times with ace-queen offsuit and he just called. How deep is the guy to your right? I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, initial opener was 180. The guy to my right has seven to 800. Okay. And we've got like 500. And we look down at ace-king and diamonds. um okay uh what what position are you i'm about let's see that would be the hijack now a little bit of information we got um the uh, cutoff and the button are both um folding uh i'm looking to my left and i can just the way they're holding their cards it's just they're folding um the uh small blind and big blind haven't looked at their hands yet Okay. I mean, personally, if this guy truly is an old man coffee, um, I'm pretty terrified here. Okay. I mean, before, before looking at my hand, obviously. Um, I lean towards just calling. Okay. I don't want to get in like almost 200 bigs preflop against a guy like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really overly concerned about the guy with 180. Uh, you know, if, if it ends up like you flatting that guy shoves for 180 and old man coffee folds like it's a pretty easy call yeah um if he shoves 180 and then old man coffee shoves and i'm probably just folding to be honest yeah um what about the scenario we flat uh the um utg shoves old man coffee calls Yeah, that would be strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be a bit strange. That'd be pretty interesting. Would you would you, uh, would you think? What, how about Ace King off quickly? Is that something you might just throw in the muck here? Yeah, I think I think maybe um, Ace King yeah. off. I would fold. Um, I feel like uh, I mean, like when I saw Old Man Coffee do that, then. I was like, yeah, oh, this would be a great time to have aces. <laughs> Hope I don't see jacks or queens. <laughs> yeah, are we, uh, I, would feel, I would feel pretty good about folding jacks. I would uh, too, yeah. yeah. 
I was going to ask tough, but I probably would fold Queens too. Like the thing, the thing here is like, yeah, okay. Sometimes you make the wrong decision with Queens, uh, but how often, you know? And are you really losing by just folding Queens? I I don't really think so. I think you're probably, uh, you know, that's probably a, a more profitable play than than anything else. You know, yeah. given the, the player type. That's that's a spot. At least once or twice a week, there's a spot where with jacks or queens, I'm like, yeah, I'm probably ahead of his range here slightly. But it's like, if I looked at it, it's it costs me nothing just to fold, and there's better spots. Yeah, I mean, I mean, do you really think you're ahead of his range? A guy like that—that's that's probably not three betting ace queen. Well, uh, not maybe this exact spot, but I guess you know, close other close spots where. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Jackson Queens just I mean they're you, you you like to see them but you know against deep stacked against somebody who loves their hand they're just you know even against someone who has a few a little flip out range uh it's still not great but uh yeah I don't know I would I think just overcall here is fine especially when you got position on both of them. Okay. All right. So you both are on uh, team call. Yeah, I am for sure. Okay. All right. Uh, we call, um, and um, UTG calls as well. Uh, so we go to a flop, uh, 150 in the pot. Uh, the flop is queen of hearts, six of clubs, four of hearts. Queen, six, four, two hearts. We have the ace, king of diamonds. UTG checks. OMC, he just kind of grabbed some chips and put them out, uh, and then the dealer uh, counted them for him, and it was 60. It was how much? 60, 60. 60? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm probably just giving up here. Um, yeah, I mean, our hand certainly didn't improve. I don't think this flop is in any way bad for uh, you know, the guy to your right's range. Either of their ranges really. I mean Yeah. 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 I mean, uh I, I wouldn't really read into anything like sizing. Uh, I think if you know, granted like for somebody who's playing like a more balanced strategy, like this sizing makes a lot of sense. Um not that I think uh, this particular player is thinking like that, but yeah, I mean, I would probably just fold. Okay. You too, Mikey? Yeah, I think so. I was just thinking, I was just curious what Joe thinks. With such a small, like, stack to pot ratio, even like even if it's like queen 10 with a diamond, like queen 10, six with a diamond, is that still kind of a give up, even though you've got more equity? Because if you call here, you're already like got a pot of 300 on the turn kind of thing. Um, I mean, I know that's not the hand we're playing. I'm yeah, just yeah. I, mean, I, I think I, if it was queen 10 with like the six of diamonds or something, I think I would be more likely to, um, I could see myself calling there. That might be a mistake. We could I, be I drawing think, to like four outs, <laughs> you know? I think it's interesting. I think, uh, you know, I think if you're heads up, it's prob it's like almost definitely a call. 
I'm yeah, maybe with the maybe with the under the gun there with the 150 behind him. Or yeah, how often are you not even going to get to see the turn after calling 60? Yeah, good point. Like, how often are you going to call and then under the gun's going to shove and and uh, you know, old man coffee is going to shove over top of that or something like that. I don't know, probably not a ton, but I think maybe the it's it's so close to begin with that maybe that pushes it, you know, even closer or makes it a fold. I, I don't know. I'd I'd probably call personally, but um, okay. but it's definitely close. Okay, right on. I uh, I end up folding. I I felt like the main decision here was pre-flop. I was curious what uh, what you guys would do um, pre-flop like that, but. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I I was I was thinking of folding, and then I'm like, God, you have a suited ace king here, really? Are you <laughs> are you really gonna fold this? And uh, uh, but anyway, that was that. Yeah, I think you've got to play to just uh, curious. I don't know, Joe, if this is what we just go back to you, like you're studying. Would you play? Were you always playing like the same like 100 big blind two four poker? I mean. I'm kind of switching games in casinos now and I have to kind of constantly think about like switching my ranges and adapting to 100 big blind versus like 200, 300 big blind poker and like what you can do, how you can open your game up. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, I think that was probably like the weaker part of my game. I, you know, when I played live, I, I mean, I was definitely thinking about those things, but um, I was not as good about, you know, really exploiting how, uh, I guess, how poor of decisions other people are making. Um, I, that's, that certainly wasn't my strong suit. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, like, a pretty big part of, of uh, live poker. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a hand here, Stevie. There we go. I, I sent Joe a couple hands and asked him if they're any interesting. He said he naturally wanted to embarrass me and said, hey, here's the one you fucked up the most. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's start with that one. <laughs> yeah, naturally. So, Steve, mm -hmm. uh, this is a 5-5 game. Okay. And I am in the uh, – we'll just go to the action here. The, the, the main villain – who I can't remember specifically because this hand was a couple months ago, but I label him average loon on my, my app here. So that gives you an idea. Okay. Third to act. He limps. He's got 1100 in his stack and he limps for $5. And I am two to his left with queen nine of hearts. Okay. Average loon. And then, so what position are you in then? Like the cutoff or the, uh, the hijack. Hijack. Uh, isolate, right, Joe? Yeah. Yeah, I think especially against the guy, the way you labeled him, that's like pretty standard spot. Yeah. We want to go heads up, right? Yeah. 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 30? Is that what you're thinking? Or? That's when I made it. Okay. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Although again, the, the, the fact that we're um, like two hundred big blinds deep is this is something I like normally uh, like you just go into these two three games where I'm like a hundred big blinds deep like where I reflexively, instinctively want to isolate people here. You get like the over callers and all of a sudden you're like going to a flop with like a three to one stack to pot ratio kind of shit. But I think here, isoing is 
pretty standard. Yeah, yep. I'm, so, I'm sorry. How much does the average loon have? The average loon has 1,100, and we started with 1,400. I got 14. Okay. All right. Does it fold around to him or? Yes. And he calls. Perfect. All right. What the so, hell was I thinking in this hand? I'm going to have to come <laughs> up with some bullshit here. Give me a second. <laughs> uh, okay. The flop is 10, 8, 6, the 10, 8 of hearts. So we got a straight flush draw there, Stevie. 10, 8 of hearts. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, so we got 60 in the pot with queen, 9 of hearts. We get a flop of 10, 8, 6, 2 hearts. Um, and the average loon checks bets. Um, does this guy actually lead into me? Yeah, he leads into me for 30 bucks. Thirty into seventy. Um, you're uh, raising here, right, Joe? Uh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Sizing. What would Joe say? <laughs> WWJS. <laughs> what would Joe say? I would say Joe will raise to one fifteen. I'm going to raise to $140. Ooh, too low. Okay. Right on. What's you're your reason? Trying to make me, you're just trying to make me feel good, Joe. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm building you up before I break you down. Do you have the, you have the hand in front of you? <laughs> okay. I raised to $140. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Now, when we call him an average loon, I'm just a guy who plays really wide, who's never folding a pair, maybe is how I would think of him. Do we want to even make it bigger here or do you, do you like the sizing? I, I like the sizing. I, th I think you don't have to go too, too big because you don't want to make it to where you can't bet the turn because you can't, you don't really want to just stick the money in on a blank turn. Right. Um, so you want to keep it small enough that you can barrel and, uh, but big enough, obviously to, uh, charge what are probably uh what is probably a very wide range okay well i raised to 140 and the guy calls and the turn is there's now 350 in the pot and the turn is the two of clubs turn is the two okay. and the loon checks to me um Let's see. Well, even I guess like on the flop, we're a we're a favorite even against a hand like King Ten or or um, you know Queen Ten or Ace Ten or something like that. Um, what was the six a club as well, or or do you remember? The six was a spade. Spade. Okay, so there's not a backdoor uh, flush draw. Um, I say take a free card. Are you thinking the same, Joe? Uh, no, I think I'm, I'm definitely betting here. Um, okay. I think that, you know, it, it's fairly, uh, especially when he leads, it's, it's not a particularly strong play. Um, I don't expect him to have better than one pair almost ever. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely betting here. I'm betting here with the intention of probably shoving the river. Regardless. Um, Especially like a blank river because, 
you know, obviously if it's like a scary river, like let's, let's say the river is like a nine. So we make a pair of nines, but we, you know, we might not be good. Um, I, I, I wouldn't want to bluff that river obviously because we can't, it's, it's a lot harder for us to rep a seven than the river would be a deuce and we can just rep like a, like a Jack's plus or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want to bet. I think we still have quite a bit of equity and I think we set up a pretty favorable spot on the river when we do miss. Um, Even if the board pairs on the river, you think it's, it's still a shove spot? Um, I would think it would lo- lower the chances of him folding a pair, certainly. If a the board is like a, if the river is like a 10, I'm probably not shoving. Um, probably not shoving an eight, but I think a six or what was the turn? A four? A deuce. A deuce. A deuce. Okay. So yeah, I think a, a six or a deuce, I'm probably still, still shoving. Hmm. Okay. And then you're still shoving any heart, any jack. Yeah. Um, obviously. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably betting like 200 on the turn. I was going to say 200 would make it 750 in the pot and leave the villain with 730 bucks. So yeah, that would be the exact size we would go if we're trying to um, yeah, set up the river shot right now. Uh, I pulled the Barton and checked back. Um, I guess it was just, I couldn't, can't remember the villain specifically. I just like, well, he's, you know, I'm blocking all the draws and he's got a pair and he's never folding. I guess that's just. Um, that, that's kind of where my mindset was at. I'm like, I think he has a 10 here a lot. Uh, I think he has an eight here, not as often as a 10. And, um, but he is capped yeah, for just, sure. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got one pair. I think. I, I don't mean, see how he would ever have just because. I mean, I call him a loon, but it it doesn't mean that he's ready to call off a thousand dollars with just a ten here necessarily. And there's a lot of other good bluff cards in the river. To, besides, you know, Ace King probably gets him to fold the ten, maybe unless he's got two pair, maybe you know. Yeah, I, I guess I, maybe I'm looking at it too much. Like um, uh, on the flop, we're probably sixty percent against one pair and on the uh turn now we're not 60 anymore we're probably 40 um but yeah maybe you're right joe if you just go three streets here is he really going to call you down with one pair especially when the river's like a king yeah i mean what's nice too is that you know if you're worried like he's never going to fold which you know you are probably right um a lot of people will have like you know, a pair and a straight draw here or something like that, like eight, seven or nine, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that makes, that makes it just even more profitable to bet the turn with the intention of shoving the river, because you're going to get 200 extra dollars every time you shove the river and he folds. Right. Uh, so, I mean, I think on, on some level that kind of makes me want to bet the turn more. Uh, yeah. Than- yeah. Okay. What what turns would you be checking back here, or or is there really most turns other than maybe just a ten or an eight? Just everything else is probably a barrel, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I might check back a queen or a nine. Okay, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe not a queen though. Actually, a queen might I might still just bet. Um, uh, queen stuff. Queen's close. Well, you block check nine. Yeah, I mean, queen's close because I don't think you're going to get three streets anyway. Oh. So it might just make more sense to check. 
being that you kind of like block all you you kind of have the all the draws covered um so you're really only like worried about a nine peeling on the river okay but yeah yeah queen's close i mean i could kind of go either way with that on one hand i think you get called very often um against this type of opponent uh i don't know if you're gonna get three streets from him if it comes like queen uh and then blank uh deuce on the river but um but certainly a nine I'm checking, and that's that's probably the only one I'm I'm definitely checking. Uh, uh, ten and an eight as well. Now that I've made the mistake of checking back the turn, now what are we thinking about? Are we basically just hoping to have the best hand by the river to hit one of our to hit queen nine jack or a heart, or are there still some like maybe an ace? Are we still blasting the river if, if check two? Yeah, I think I think you could still bet an ace, but I think that's probably the only the only card that you're gonna you're gonna win on this river uh, without improving. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. I do not improve. I have a four of clubs on the river, and the villain checks to me. Hmm. And as played, I guess I played it properly on the river. I checked back. And the villain had the 7-4 off. <laughs> so he, he did have a gutter ball that he called the raise with on the, uh, on the flop. Wow. Yeah. I see why you uh, labeled him average loon. Yeah, there's a few of them. Yeah, they're sprinkled <laughs> in, just dusted here and there. I like sharing the hand, Steve, where, yes, I'm victimized, but God darn it, didn't this idiot win a hand off me? Maybe I should have won anyways. <laughs> I can improve at poker, but also uh, search for some sympathy. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be such a stinger. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> so what are you oh, okay. Steve, that's a, that's the happiest I've seen you in. <laughs> that was a good story, say. <laughs> All right, so the move is betting the turn, right, Joe? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Blast the blast the river. All right. <laughs> right on. You got a uh, you got another one, Mikey? Uh I don't. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I could just randomly pull one up here. Maybe we should maybe we should let Joe go though. We got the uh <laughs> did I, I can't remember. I had a big hand the other night. Maybe I'll I'll put this up. I, this might have been one I sent I sent Joe here. Um I thought this was maybe a little bit interesting for a few reasons. Um five five game. Um I have ace five of clubs and I am in the straddle. Okay. And we are like six-handed. This is like two or three in the morning. Is this like an under-the-gun straddle? I'm assuming. Yes. Okay. And the guy to my left, he's the he's the action dude for sure. He's got sixteen hundred and um, just plays a lot of hands. You know, you're you're looking to play a hand with him and win a big pot. So he opens under the gun to fifty, and it folds to me. Okay. I know one buddy I asked, he said, well, this, this is just a fold pre. I thought, 
against this this particular villain. Um, I just I really wanted to see a flop. I don't know if it was a nine handed, like a full ring game, maybe. Um, that's more a fold because theoretically his range should be stronger. Uh, how effective are you, or how deep are you effective? Uh, like sixteen hundred. Sixteen hundred. Okay. So you you get you both have. Well, you're playing sixteen hundred effective. It doesn't matter. Okay. And you and you say he like uh, he plays a lot of the hands, but does he does he play them like aggressively pre flop? Um, he'll just call flat a lot of three bets. I think. Okay. Uh, yeah, he's just very stationy. I think. Um, overvalues his hands. Yeah, it's just not very good. I mean, you know, he he's definitely a losing player there. Um. For sure. I don't know. There's a lot of loons. There's a lot of loons around. I don't know. I don't know what, how to, where he ranks along those things, but he's also, he's got money too. I guess I should, that's, he, he, he can lose a big pot and I'd give a shit. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't think that calling is, is uh, that bad. Um, again, all- obviously this is not like, you know, you're up against uh you know, a tag that's under the gun, you know? Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's player dependent. I think this is probably the type of guy that you that you're okay calling here. Would you ever want to three bet here? I didn't want to inflate the size of the pot, um, but of course that is a very good three betting hand, and we can certainly get called by worse from this guy. Um, probably not. Probably not closing the action, and against again, like against this guy, you know, I just want to play a lot of pots with hands that can make, you know, strong hands um, and kind of let him make mistakes later. Right. I, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think out of the, out of position, I, I just don't think it's a, a good three bet spot. It seems like anytime the, the, the ACE five suited come up, it's always one of those, that's, that's your balancing bluff three bet hand or four bet hand. So yeah, just, curious here but i thought yeah especially that we're pretty deep i could just call here which i did and the flop is nine eight six two clubs which ones are clubs the nine and the eight okay you have ace five of clubs right yes okay and we got uh 110 in the middle yes um, are you ever not leading here, Joe? Or are you going for like a check raise? Or uh, I'm. De- I don't think I'm ever leading. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I'm probably. I'm probably check raising here. Okay. Well, what's the reason for not uh, leading? Well, he's probably this. This guy is um, the sort where maybe we're thinking is going to bet he's so just, often here. He's just betting like eighty percent of the time, and we want to take advantage of that. Yeah, that's that's probably a big part of it. Um, I don't really know how you're gonna like, you know. Obviously, like your opponents are not gonna be thinking about this all the time, but I really don't know how you would balance uh, a leading range in this spot. Um, you can do it in theory, but like obviously in practice, it's gonna be really really tricky. Um, how about two pair hands? Are those leading hands, or are those those are those are also check raise, or perhaps check call? I guess I guess if I was gonna lead here, I would want to do it with 
I think I'd want to do it with weaker hands. Okay. That makes sense. Like, I don't think I, I think this hand is like strong, but not overly strong that I want to like, yeah, I want to give myself, like, I like the idea of giving yourself a chance to win this pot right here um, by leading. Like if he has a hand like King Queen, you just get to win most of the time just by leading. Um, but I don't want to use this hand okay. because obviously I'd rather him like, you know, see bet too often. Um, and then I get the check raise. Um, I'd rather lead a hand that has less equity uh, against his range, but can, you know, do well enough to make, you know, leading like a reasonable play. Okay. This is game theory stuff, Steve, that you and I don't how, – how are we going to conceal the fact we don't know what the fuck he's talking about right now? <laughs> <laughs> why don't you, Steve, why don't you, why don't you sing an old – play the spoons or something for a second. <laughs> let's, do, let's distract the man. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> I tell myself if I ever – I'll have to uh, – yeah. If I ever want to move up in the world and be able to beat 510 live and stuff, I'll have to uh, – these are the kind of spots that I would have to study in some detail. And like you said, know exactly how to balance in your ranges, but I was going for the check raise and I was surprised a little bit that he checked back. Okay. Okay. Um, Disappointing. In terms of ranging him, I don't know. Maybe he, I think he's probably smart enough though, that he might, it's hard to say what he'd do with over pairs here. Yeah. I think he probably bet him. Um, he doesn't have a straight or the nuts, I guess, about the only thing I can think to say. You know what I mean? He would want, he'd want to bet those. Probably a lot of overcars like Queen but Jack and stuff like that. It's, it's hard to reduce his range here, especially because we think he's calling pretty – he's opening so wide pre. Yeah. Small Turn thing. is the ace of diamonds. Interesting. Yep. Now, what are we thinking here, Joe? I think I'm probably checking here. Um, I think, you know, his hand is probably, or like, we're kind of, we're kind of assuming based on his flop action that his hand was pretty weak on the flop. Uh, so I think one of two things is true on the turn. Either his hand is now better than ours because he has, you know, something like uh, ace queen um, or his hand is basically dead. Um, because he doesn't have a pair and we have a flush draw and a straight draw um, and top pair. So I think I want to be checking, giving him a chance to rep, you know, you know, having turned an ace and I, I would be pretty happy check calling here. Um, that's what several smart people have told me, but I decided to bet. I mean, I guess we can think of a few worse hands he will call with. But um, not a lot, you know, Jack 10 exactly. Um, not, not a lot of hands. I, I don't really understand betting this for value. Um, I really like the way you articulated that, Joe. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet 80 and the villain raises it to 400. <laughs> so this was one of those things yeah this is one of those two in the morning like originally i'm like oh good well look we got we got a monster hand there let's let's bet and probably can induce this dumb bastard and then the dumb bastard just 
five X's in my bed. <laughs> immediately putting my whole stack in in peril depending on what the river card is i can't fold obviously yeah i mean or, this spot really sucks because you know like are you gonna get are you gonna get paid if a club peels off on this river that was the other thing yeah you, you're not if you're not then if you if this is a total bluff then yeah there's not even any yeah, and, and you're definitely not getting stacks if uh, a seven peels off. And if a five peels, you might not be good. And you're also probably not going to get stacks even if you are good. So, yeah, I mean, even calling seems, like, pretty iffy. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's – that my first instinct was this was a fold. That's, I guess I got to give myself some credit. But then I'm like, well, you know, I can't. I got, I, I got the ace and I got the uh, – Flush draw and a straight draw too. If you want to, that could conceivably be some outs if he just hit ace nine or something. Sure. Um, I decide to call, and the river is the five of hearts. Oh wow! Interesting. Final board. Um, it was, the, the turn was the ace of diamonds, so that brought a second flush draw out there. I don't know how really relevant that is, but the final board: ace nine, eight six, five. Five. Ace, nine, eight, six, five. Yes. I assume, are we checking here every time or would we ever use the old bet fold here to like get him to call maybe with a big ace? And, but we won't have to, we won't have to um, call off our whole stack kind of thing. Or I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess the question is really like, how often do we think he's betting that he's making that raise on the turn with just uh, ace king or ace queen? Like, do we think that's like a reasonable uh, part of his range, or are we? Kind uh, of- <laughs> I, I was confused by his raise. I thought it's pot. I thought he had just an ace. Yeah, that was my first instinct that the man has just an ace, and the five definitely was a suck out against part of his range. Okay. Um, so I guess for that reason we could bet for value here, right? Or um But if know, we think that if we think a larger part of his range is is he was bluffing on the turn, if there's a lot of that, then we could check, but we might be put in a difficult decision. Yeah, I mean I think I am not feeling great about getting called uh, too often by worse. Uh, unless he somehow has like uh nine, eight that he, for whatever reason, like check the flop. But I, I, I don't think that's, that's going to be too often. Um, yeah. I mean, if he's, if he's actually before we go back, just his turn range. I don't know if we talked. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we. I thought if he had a straight two pair set, like all this stuff, we bet on the flop. So when he bets the turn, it's like either a bluff or a big ace. Um, is Maybe two is, diamonds? Is how is how I read it. I guess I guess he could have ten queen of diamonds too, or something. It's possible. A lot of people just just call for eighty bucks there. Yeah. I decide to check. Yeah, I think that's probably where I would land. 
and there's 920 in the pot and the villain shoves his, which is bigger than the pot, $1,175. Wow. <laughs> Did we, does he have any sevens in his range here? I mean, like, is he a seven? Yeah, a seven would make a lot of sense. Is he raising the turn there with like seven, eight or nine, seven or six, seven or something? Wouldn't he have done that on the on the flop? Wouldn't he have bet some of that? But he just decided to do it on an ace or something. I, I well, don't know. I mean, like I said, my first, like I said, my first instinct was he he would have bet all strongs on the strong hands on the flop. But now he's played it like such a nutty hand. Well, maybe he did flop a straight somehow, you know what I mean? But that's, yeah. or he flopped a set, but the, the confusing thing is if he did have a set, why would he be shoving this river? Isn't it? Or if yeah. he didn't have the big ace, um, wouldn't he check back or yeah, that like 200 or something. <laughs> yeah. This is like a very, very odd line. Um, I I don't think that impossible to range this guy here almost right you know what I mean yeah <laughs> I mean it's a very very odd line like if you were if you were up against somebody who you know just played a very straightforward game like you could you could easily say like okay this guy ha- like basically never has a seven you know like who who is who is like checking back a seven and then raising it on the turn right like. Like nobody who's playing like uh, any sort of, I don't know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, not very many people. Uh, maybe some sort of 7X of diamonds, I guess. But um, yeah, almost nobody. So would you ever, let's say you had a set of aces here and you were the villain. Um, would you would you consider shoving River here? Um. Because, okay. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see what you're gonna get called by. That's gonna be worse. Um, you're blocking two of the aces, so like the odds of you having aces up, like ace nine or ace eight, are pretty low. And like, even if you did have those hands, you would probably consider folding them. Um. So yeah, I don't really see. I, I think like if you have aces. Uh, your sizing is like not all in, but you are betting, right? I, I'd feel way better about my my decision if he bets something that wasn't all in. Uh, I think like if he bets like six hundred here, I'm I'm pretty happily folding. Uh, this is very strange, right? But you know, I I tend to. I tend to think that when, you know, I, I've, I've come across spots like this. So, or I, you know, in the past I had come across spots like this so often where I'm like, I can't possibly arrange this person. Uh, this is such an odd line, but every time I find myself in those positions, they just always have it. Like, I don't know what it is about right. that. When people take really weird lines, um, they tend to just have really strong hands. So I would probably end up finding a full tier on the river, but yeah. I would be like pretty perplexed. Yeah. It, uh, I, this would be one of those where I would be like, uh, you know, I, I'll give you $20 right now if you show your hand or somehow get him to flip over the cards. You know what I mean? Like it, uh, <laughs> oh man, because uh, like he's shoving into us and 
like when you replay the hand, I mean, we're the one that can have a seven in it and he can't. Yeah. You know, we called pre-flop, we checked the flop, we, we bet called the turn. Um, I mean, are we really checking a seven on the river? I think so. Right. But he just opened shoves it. It just feels like he's got it. I mean, I, I think we probably don't check a seven, but like, you know, he's not going to know that. And we don't check a seven on the river. No. Yeah, probably not. We'd lose any action against it. Okay, good point. I think it's actually such a nice, it's such a nice card because we can still have bluffs on this river. Like if we if we did have a seven, and we choose to lead, you know, we can still have bluffs here. Um, but like we kind of, you know, for the same reason that like leading the river is good. That's why, that's why him shoving is is kind of odd because like his range doesn't contain a lot of sevens, or at least it shouldn't. And our range should, so that's why, like, we could we could lead river. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind of why you know his line is is even uh, more strange. It, um, I mean, well, what else would he be doing this with? Uh, there's total air ball. There's just the odd uh, action player just going crazy. So we got that. But then he's. Is he raising under the gun there, Mikey, with like ace seven offsuit, ace nine offsuit, ace eight offsuit? Yes, every ace he's raising. Every ace he's raising. Yeah, uh, I think so, probably. I don't know. I think it's a fold. We could be. Well, Steve, I kind of, even if Joe wasn't here, I thought it'd be because for for the first time in a long time, I got a physical tell. Oh, enough Joe. Steve is really excited about how people and sit and stuff. This was not like a real, I was not even looking at him, I was thinking about it. You've been he's, holding out I, on me. Go he's on. he's he's directly on my left, and I finally look up the turn at him, and he's just staring at me, <laughs> like you know, like really intense. You know, that's a pretty unless you give me that's pretty against the casual players when they're really staring at you. That to me, that's often a bluff. Uh, yeah, I might have to. That was. On the turn? What, what about on the river? This was after the river shove. Oh, this was after the river shove. He's I was thinking, staring. and I was leaning towards a uh, a fold, and I turned and I looked at him. I'm like, you know, he, yeah. he, he wants to get a call here. He's going to be <laughs> dialing. I, I mean, I, 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 oh, that, that might turn my decision right there. Um, I, I think that's man. what I did read the uh, the Elwood book on tells, and I think I seem to remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I, I called. I, yeah, I, 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 okay. Final decision. I and flick it a weird. call. I called, and he had ace four of spades. So I, I don't know what he's thinking. Oh, so you uh, won. Nice. I, I guess we can applaud him for a, a merge bet on the river there, Joe. I don't know how we'd interpret this. Yeah, it's. Kind <laughs> I mean, of, I, I think it's a bluff. <laughs> I, 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 it, it, it's odd because it feels like a bluff that doesn't really like half the bluff. It could have just he could have just called turn, and then the river probably would have been like check check or something. I don't know. He was surprised. You know, he, he he thought he had the best hand. He he did. I don't know. It's pretty. Yeah. He's like, you got lucky there. I mean, on a certain level, I did. It's right. I, it really shouldn't matter whether I. But four liner to a straight makes his. I'm just trying to think of other cards on the river that would make it. Strangely, this this hand, this card seems to be kind of bad for my range in a certain level, but it makes even less sense now that he's betting. So. I mean, what do you? What makes you think that this card is bad for your range? Um. Well, I guess not bad for my range. Well, from his perspective, 
this is a bad card to shove the river with, I guess is the, I mean, the way I'm, I'm sorry, I meant to say it. Um, yeah, I, I can't even begin to understand what the guy was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he does, he does some weird ass shit, but you know, he, he can be, he'll do some weird stuff. They'll be too yeah. hot. He'll bet 900. He kind of knows his image at least. Yeah. Yeah. He'll be overshoving. He would overshove with the nuts here. If there was 500 in the pot, he probably would shove 2000 on the river. I guess if you want to, I don't know if you yeah. call that balanced play or not, but. That's stare though. That, that was very profitable for you. <laughs> that wasn't me looking for a tell. That was me turning around to look at him. And all of a sudden it's just, he's got the Charlie, Charlie Manson Claire. I'm like, wait, what the fuck is this? Yeah. 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 I think, I think when you see the, uh, the rec players trying to be confrontational, it's usually cause they have a pretty weekend. And yeah, I don't know. I don't think I was, re- I was just like talking to myself. I'm like, sir, he's King. No good. So obviously he knows ace four isn't good. And so I'm kind of talking to myself and I look up at him. Then he's like, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we wasted poor Joe's time with this hand, but I thought it was kind of an interesting. I mean, I think it's a very interesting hand. I think like, you know, you, you saying that, you know, you're leaning towards a fold and then the, uh, the kind of physical tell kind of like pushes you over the edge. I think that makes sense. Cause I think like, you know, we're saying we're sitting here like, uh, this makes no sense, but we feel pretty terrible about it. Yeah. Uh, so, like, without some other, you know, sign to kind of uh, lean us in info, the direction. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Hey, I I remember I was playing. I I was driving up to my folks' house. This was years ago, and I stopped in Reno, and uh, I was just playing whatever biggest game they have, which I think was a uh, like two three or something like that, and. Uh, Anyways, it uh, it got to this point in the hand to where it was at the river decision. I had ace king for a pair of either aces or kings for one pair. And this guy uh, shoved all in on me. Um, this guy to my left, a, a regular that he he played there every day. And uh, I was him and hawing, and then the drink lady came. And he and I had ordered a shot like five minutes prior. So before this hand even started, you know. And so the drink lady came and the shot came. And she kind of interrupted like the most tension part of the hand, like just as he shoved and I was making a decision, you know, and there was something about that shot. Like when she delivered the shot, she was kind of pushy. Like you guys need to take it now. I got to deliver 12 other orders and take 15 more, you know? And so we took the shot in the middle of that momentous decision. We cheers and, and we took it. And there was something about the way he acted that I'm just like, he just doesn't have any. And, uh, but it never would have happened if that didn't, um, if the drink lady hadn't come around, I probably would have folded. Uh, but there's moments like that when they give away those physical something, and sometimes it's even hard to articulate that uh, they can be very profitable. Well done, Mikey. Yeah, I mean, maybe we can find other hands in the future to talk about, Steve. But I think this is one thing which I've seen like the last year, which I did not do against, even when there's like a one-liner to a straight or the flush hits on the river. I think you can still bet for value with a lot of hands against the weaker players who just aren't going to bluff raise you. Yeah. That isn't necessarily an example, but if I had, if I had pocket nines here, if I, I mean, I, you could bet the river if this guy had a set, you know what I mean? Yeah. Profitably, I think, but yeah. obviously if I'm calling off with just, just to pair then yes. But anyways, I'm hugging hugging myself, Steve. Hold on one second. There we go. (laughs) <laughs> all done 
full embrace. <laughs> right well, Joe, congratulations on your uh, success. Thank you. Yeah, man. I think you're going to do well there. Yeah, I, I thought we. I thought he was going to be setting a, a light at the end of the tunnel, Steve, for how I can escape poker. But all all I've realized is, you know, I should just just be grateful for what I have here because the, the outside world is a scary place with all these smart people, and you know what I mean. I mean, you Where's don't feel the, like getting up at five thirty every morning and going. Well, to work beyond the fact, beyond the fact, I'm lazy, Steve. You got to <laughs> you got to add lazy and useless. You know what I mean? So. Listen, if you're if you're making forty five an hour at uh two five or five five and you're in you're still enjoying playing, then you know, by all means keep it keep it going. Yes. I, I still enjoy it most most often. Right now I'm I work long hours. I played two hundred and fifty hours last month, so that's a problem. Oh my god. But, well, you know, I'm still trying to rebuild from the summer, Steve. So it's uh that's my goal is to be uh yeah, get down to a forty-hour-a-week player over the next year. I think I can manage that if I just got to improve the hour a little bit, a little bit, and drop a few uh, expenses. But uh, anyways, Joe, it's great to have you on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun. Thank you for coming on, Joe. Hopefully, no you can still find the time to answer my questions. I do appreciate that quite a bit too. Throw that out again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, send them my way whenever. <laughs> right on. Good deal. Good deal. Well, thank you uh, for coming on, Joe. Thank you, Mikey. And thank you for tuning in. Here is your weekly motivational speech. Life is a war. And there are people out there and there are things out there that are trying to take you down. Things are going to go wrong. And when things go wrong, it's pretty easy just to say, you know what, I'm going to stand down or I'm going to give up. And you can do that. But I think, no. I think, no. I think, keep fighting. And you keep fighting and you keep fighting and you keep fighting no matter what. And you never quit. Never, never quit. And if you feel like your life is in a place where you can't get any lower and you don't think you can find any way out, good. Because that means the ultimate challenge is ahead of you. It means you can only go up. And it also means that things are gonna be tough. Things are gonna to be tougher than anything you can imagine. But that storm that you're in, from your perspective, it seems like that storm is enveloping the whole world. But I'm telling you, it is not. The storm that you're in, it is hard to see out of that storm. It's hard to see past it. It seems like the storm is everything. But the storm is not everything. And it won't last forever. You can get out of the storm. And you will get out of the storm. And when you get out, you're going to see the sun. Again. But right now, 
You're being tried. You're being forged. You're being tested by fire and by pain. That's the test. Don't fail the test. Don't fail the test. Don't give in. Don't quit. Don't ever quit. Fight on. Fight through the storm. Fight through the pain and come out the other side stronger and tougher and better. A fighter. A survivor. A winner. Victorious. And free from that storm. Free from the darkness. Free. Life can be hard. But you know what? It's the one life you've got. So go and live a life that in the end allows you to look back and say, Hell yes, I do it all again. <laughs>